Hear now the gospel reading from Luke 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. How can this be, since I am a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born and will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And in this, the sixth month for her who who said to be barren, For nothing will be impossible with God. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Y'all pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we are awed at the majesty that you create through the voices of children, through the wonder of instruments, through your ancient words, and just through community gathered. So God, still us. We came seeking you, wanting to know you more, grow closer to you. So meet us here. In Christ's name, amen. When you picture Mary in this scripture, how have you pictured her? When I was young, I pictured her kind of like this, uh, Strawberry blonde, white, young girl, kind of like me. And then as I grew up, I widened my teenage picture a little bit. And there were more people in the image. And there was like a glowing, sweet little baby Jesus there with people looking in. And, you know, it's a little dark around. And it was focused in on Mary and that baby Jesus. And then when I went to to college, I took my first religion class, and I realized, oh my gosh, there are people that think about Mary in a different way. And then I saw this Greek Orthodox married, pictured as the Theotokos, the God bearer. And if you look at her here, she's, she's not masculine or feminine. She just looks really powerful, really strong. And, and then when I was in high school, I came upon this image that was going on across the bay from me in Clearwater, Florida, There had been this image that had appeared on the side of a building that looked like the Virgin Mary. And y'all, hundreds and thousands of people were going on pilgrimage to see this office building. And so I went and saw it. And I mean, I guess, you know how sometimes you see poodles in clouds? So yes, you could say that it looked like the Virgin Mary. And, And the favorite image, though, that I've come upon is from that book, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever. Do y'all remember that book? And there's Imogene Herdman. Remember, the Herdmans were bad kids. They cussed. They smoked cigars. They were dirty. I love this image, though, that 
you know, she's just got, she's a young girl with a little bit of dirt on her face, just kind of looking up. So I wonder, how have you pictured her? When I read it anew this week, I couldn't help but picture this young girl in contrast to the scripture that's right before this is the one we read last week, Zechariah. And both of the stories, the same angel, Gabriel, approaches these two people and gives them shocking news. News that would scare any of us. But had you thought about that Zechariah's news was that he, he and his wife in their old age, because the scripture says they were getting on in years, in their old age, they were going to conceive. And then the very next passage, the angel comes to this young girl and gives her shocking news. You are actually going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Which one would be more difficult to believe? I hadn't thought about Mary in that way in contrast to the story right before. Mary responds in this way. I wonder, is it because she's young? Because Zachariah, he had had decades to build up, you know, his image and thoughts of what God can and cannot do. And there's Mary. Maybe it's her childlike faith. But I think it's because she had humility. She was given this opportunity that was scary, terrifying, and for some reason, she was able to say yes to God. And she responds, this is what she says. She says, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Well, that phrase, here am I, we've heard it before. It's all throughout scripture. Way back, book of Genesis, God calls out to Abraham and tells him, Abraham, Abraham, I need you to take your son and go sacrifice him. And, and what does Abraham say? Here am I. A little bit later, God comes to Jacob and says, I need you to take your people and I need you to go down into Egypt. I need you to conquer them in battle. Very scary task. And, and Jacob responds, here am I. And then, of course, y'all, Moses, Moses from the burning bush. And Moses says, here am I. All of those instances and a lot more in scripture, God calls to God's people and says, I have a plan for you. And it's not just sending you into a field of roses. No, you're going to go into battle. You're going to go into a place where you are going to be fearing your life. And here we have Mary, him calling out to Mary in the same way, I have this plan for you. And boy, is it going to be scary. And yet those other examples so often, right after they are called, there's this, yes, Lord, but. Yes, Lord, but. Moses said, I, I'm not eloquent in the way I speak. I don't know about that. Zechariah says, yes, Lord, but we are so old. There's no but with Mary. She could have. She could have been like, yes, Lord, but can you tell me, what's the baby going to look like? I mean, Joseph's not the father. Yes, Lord, but who's going to be the one to let Joseph know? Because I really think it should be you, not me. <laughs> yes, Lord, but what am I supposed to say to people when they ask me, well, when did you conceive? Yes, Lord, but 
this isn't convenient for my life right now. How am I equipped and able to raise the son of God? Not with Mary, though. It's all just yes. An astounding and humble yes. Yes, God. I am choosing this day to serve you. Not to serve what the image that people want of me. Not to serve my betrothed husband. And she says, let it be with me according to your word. About 21 chapters later in Luke's gospel, that same phrase is used. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the night of his arrest, and he's with his disciples, and he says, well, y'all stay over here and pray. Well, stay over here and wait while I go and pray. And then the scripture reads that he goes over and he prays to God, and this is what he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet let it be according to your will, not mine. We always think of Jesus as, as the ultimate example of this humility. And Mary said those same words, humility, an attitude that says, while I have so many reasons why I should say, but God, I'm going to say, let it be according to your will. So consider what Mary has to say yes to. She has to say yes to possible kind of guaranteed ridicule. She's saying yes to uncomfort, discomfort in her physical body. She's saying yes to losing control of her body. She's saying yes to you, God, not to self, not to my body, not to what's convenient. But I felt like I had to give y'all a disclaimer. You know how in scripture it'll have like a verse and then another verse and you're thinking it seemed too quick. I mean, Mary is approached by a spiritual being, Gabriel. Gabriel says, you are going to be overshadowed with the Holy Spirit, and then you're going to be the, the mother of the Savior of the world. And then she just says, here I am. I struggle with that. I think sometimes scripture, we move from line to line, not realizing there might have been a pause. There might have been a pause. I need there to be a little bit of a pause. I found this painting by Botticelli that shows this pause. You've got the angel kneeling before Mary. And I love this, y'all. She's got one hand to her heart. And she's got one hand that says, wait. That's the pause between those two scriptures. But you see how her head, her head is bowed. In submission, not my will. Not my will, even though this sounds really scary. This looks like you're, you're throwing to me into enemy, enemy territory, but not my will. Yours, oh God. And then the angel leaves her. Talk about a mic drop moment. She's just left there. She's left there to wait. Y'all, she's left there to wait. Birthing the Messiah. It's not just Mary that's supposed to wait and birth the Messiah, though. All of us, all of us who follow Jesus, who call Jesus as Lord and Savior, it is our responsibility, especially this time of year, to bring the news of the Messiah to the world. And you know what? You're already doing it. I see you do it. I found out a few weeks ago that one of my friends here at this church, she had this big party. 
And she got this beautiful flower arrangement. And then, you know, she decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to divide those flowers up and put them in a whole bunch of little vases. And then she brought them to an assisted living facility right around here. She doesn't have anybody that she knows at the assisted living facility. She just went there. And she, was, she said how, how everybody, the, the people that were living there, they were just so excited just to receive this sweet little flower. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's bringing the presence of Jesus into the world. And, and then I hear story almost every week after story of one of you who are waiting somewhere, waiting for your next person you're going to have to oversee like Stephen was. You're waiting in line. Or you're waiting to get your table. And then you are bold enough to just start talking to the person next to you. And then the way y'all do it here at WHPC, the way we do it here, is that we don't talk, we listen. And people are so eager to tell their stories. And, and then I hear you tell them that before the end of the conversation, you let them know that you go to a church called Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church and they should come. We had a family in our congregation that over Thanksgiving break, they went on a mission trip, but it wasn't ours. It, we didn't have a mission trip over Thanksgiving break, but they sought it out. They sought it out and went as a family, just bringing the presence of Jesus into the world. Y'all are doing this, whether it be intentional, whether it be accidental, this is our responsibility to bring Jesus into the world. But all of those instances that I just told you about, they didn't tell me. It's not like they came up to me and they're like, pastor, you won't believe what a good and humble act we did last week. <laughs> I had to seek it out. I just asked, what, do you, what have you been up to? Oh, we went on a trip. You went on a trip. Tell me about that trip. Oh, we, we just went on a trip. Well, what did you do on the trip? Oh, well, we were on a mission trip. Humbly, Intentionally sometimes and sometimes just thoughtfully bringing the presence of our Messiah into this world. So how do I picture Mary now? I still picture her as young, but I picture her really scared about this task that is before her. But I picture her strong, strong in spirit and filled with a faith that all of us could aspire to have. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then today I picture her saying to all of us, what a privilege. What an honor. What a responsibility all of us have to continue to bring the Messiah into this world. Consider right now, what is one way, one area of your life this week that you can do this? Humbly saying yes to God's call. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.